Please remain standing as you're able. When they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, he responded by uh, quoting a first part of the Shema of Deuteronomy 6.4 and adding to it Leviticus 19.18. And so in the spirit of Jesus and those who have gone before us, we, as we come before God's word, rededicate ourselves to doing and being uh, what God has called us to do and be. So would you follow after me as we recite part of the Shema together? Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Ahad, together, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This scripture is from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. You probably heard the story of little Bobby at the dinner table one night who, after the family had said grace, asked his parents, well, why don't we call God by his real name? What's that, Bobby, they said. Hallowed, he responded. Hallowed be thy name. Well, Bobby may not have a complete understanding yet of the name of God, but maybe in the same way we don't completely understand what it is to hallow God's name as well. So we want to look at that this morning, but admitting, first of all, that names are very important. Uh, Val pointed that out with uh, the children this morning. I remember um, some years ago I was doing a baptism and uh, the family did not have an easy name to pronounce. It was a little worse than McNitsky, but I was very sensitive to that. So I practiced during the week to get the name right. And sure enough, time came for the baptism. And I completely butchered the name. Just completely messed it up. And, and, and I felt bad. I was horrified. I looked at them. They were horrified. I mean, names are important. And I think it was so important to them, I never saw them again on a Sunday morning. Names are important, and the Bible names are important. When Abram becomes Abraham, something big has happened. When Jacob becomes Israel, something significant has happened. Our names are important. But when we use the word name and talk about someone's name, it's not just their actual name, but we also use it in terms of reputation. Uh, Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is to be treasured above riches. It's more important to have a good reputation, says the Proverbs, than silver and gold. And, and oftentimes when we talk about names, uh, we are talking about uh, something, something or someone's reputation. I don't know if you got the same lecture in high school that I got from my parents, but when I'd get ready to go out, they would stop me before I got to the door and they'd say, now remember who you are. Or they would remind me of our name. And then in our family, there are certain things we do, but there are certain other things we do not do. And they were just trying to say, <coughs> remember the reputation of our family. Uh, some years ago, I, I did a study of uh, famous coaches just to see what leadership secrets I could learn from them. And a few of them had uh, the belief that you should have very few, if any, team rules. For your team. In fact, three of them only had one rule, and it was this do not do anything that embarrasses the name of the school or your teammates. It was about reputation. And people have concern for their reputation. Well, imagine if we have concern for our reputation, what about God, whose name is above every name? There is a concern 
for God, about the name of God, that the reputation of God be intact and be revered. And so one of the Ten Commandments has to do with it. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain is the translation we often use. Another translation that would be appropriate would be don't misuse God's name. Honor and revere that name. In fact, many of the devout Jews in Jesus' day worried so much about protecting God's name that they wouldn't use it. And they would go to all sorts of uh, 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 words and phrases and adjectives that describe God without having to name God. So names like the Holy One, blessed be uh, his name, or they would be other names that they would use. And we even see evidence of this in the Gospel of Matthew. When Jesus teaches about the kingdom, Matthew says he teaches about the kingdom of heaven. Because Matthew, as a good Jew, writing to Jews, doesn't want to use God's name. Mark's a little less worried about it, so Mark will say Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. They wanted to honor and protect God's name. And so when we come to this portion of the Lord's Prayer, it is simply about keeping, preserving, and extending the reputation of God. That is how we hallow the name. That's how we honor God's name is we protect God's reputation. And that's important because God wants people to believe in God and come to know and experience the love that God has for them. But um, you've probably heard the cliche that you should act as if things all depended on you, but pray as if everything depended on God. And when it comes to the first few petitions in the Lord's Prayer, like hallowed be thy name, or thy kingdom come, or thy will be done, uh, these two things come into effect. When we pray that prayer, we take the responsibility of doing what we can to answer that prayer, but also counting on God to do God's part. So when we say hallowed be thy name, one of the things we say is God by our actions... We want to protect and honor your reputation. You've probably um, heard it, the phrase that says, you may be the only Bible that some people ever read. And more and more in our world, that's becoming true. That people that won't turn to the scriptures will look at you, and by your life, they get a picture of what they think God looks like or who they think God is. They look at us. And they uh, make a decision about God. So God's reputation in many ways is in our hands. Uh, some of you know, I've, uh, or those of you know that I've been to Israel a number of times, will sometimes ask me the question, well, David, why do you think the Jews didn't believe in Jesus as the Messiah? Well, there's probably a lot of answers, but let me give you a short one. They didn't believe because of the Christians, because they looked at the way the Christians lived their life. Remember, Jesus was a rabbi. Rabbis make disciples, and disciples make it their life's goal to be exactly like their rabbi. So the Jews took a look at these, these so-called disciples running around, and they drew some basic conclusions about God and God's name, and conclusions that were not to the advantage of God's reputation. When Christians killed them simply because they weren't Christian, that taught them a lot, they thought about God. God's name and reputation were not um, protected. What people know about God, they know, first of all, by looking at you and looking at me. Uh, The atheist philosopher Nietzsche put it this way. He said, I might believe in Christ if it weren't for that leprous bride that he drags around behind him. Of course, the church being the bride of Christ. Gandhi said something similar. Uh, Gandhi uh, talked about uh, that he was attracted by Christ but not by the Christians. 
there is a sense in which people draw conclusions about God by looking at us. So in many ways, it does fall in our hands to protect the reputation of God. In many ways, we do that. Heard a speaker say the other day that Christianity is exploding in so many parts of the world. Uh, and one of the places exploding, quite unbelievably, is in Indonesia. Indonesia has been a very hostile place to the Christian faith. But you know what happened there. In 2005, they got hit very hard by a tsunami. And who rushed in to help? The Christians. In God's name, all sorts of help came flooding in. And they drew a picture of God by the help and the love that they saw. And now they're open and God is working among them. Protect God's name. A lot of that is in our hands. But then the adage reminds us, though, to pray as if everything depended on God. And and I would want to remind you that God's reputation is so important to God that God will do some things about it as well. Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God. And even though um, words aren't used and sounds aren't heard, the glory of God goes throughout the whole earth. Uh, God will uh, do things to display the power of God, so people will come or have a chance to come and know about God. I saw this firsthand. A year and a half ago, I was in Turkey. We were walking through uh, the churches of Revelation, and uh, we were required to have a Turkish guide on our bus. And the Turkish guy we had was a guy named Yelchin, an interesting guy. Yelchin was a retired general from the Turkish army who had been uh, stationed with NATO. He'd been a general with, uh, with NATO. And uh, one day, the leader came up to me and said, um, Yelchin would like to know more about John Wesley. Now, what you need to know is like most people in Turkey, Yelchin is, is a nominal Muslim. That's kind of, you know, that's sort of his default um, position, not Christianity at all. And I said, John Wesley? He said, yeah. And he said, I knew you were a Methodist pastor, so I thought you could go talk to him. So I said, well, okay. So I went and said, uh, Yelchin, I-, I heard that you were asking about John Wesley. He said, yes. He said, two nights ago, John Wesley appeared to me in a dream and told me some things, starting with, first of all, I am John Wesley. And then said some things. And when we told me what Wesley said, it knocked my socks off because that's exactly what Wesley would have said. Here's a man that knew nothing about Methodism, knew very little about Christianity, quoting Wesley almost exactly in his vision. He said, tell me about him. And I said, I can't tell you any more than what he already told you in a vision. But what it reminded me was this, that God wants people to know about God and will come to them uh, often uh, to, to give them some sort of sense of God. I heard a speaker say the other day that in many countries now there are reports of Jesus appearing to Muslim women, just appearing to them. Let it, giving them a chance that they otherwise would not have to know about our God of love. It just tells me that we do what we can to protect God's reputation, but you better know that God is working on the other end as well. And so it encourages me to give God an opening, if I can, to show people about God. And one way to do this is when you uh, come across people, get to know them, get to conversation with them, you might invite God into that conversation, something like this. You know, I would love to pray for God to bless you. But is, is there anything you'd like for me to pray for? Doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not, you, you make the offer. And one of the guys that I heard talking about this one day said he goes to a place to have breakfast, a coffee shop, 
um, several mornings a week. So one morning he, he had come to know uh, one of the waitresses there. So finally he just said, you know, I would love to pray um, uh, for God to bless you. Is there anything you, you want me to pray about? And she's like, mm. And then she came back a few minutes later, brought him another cup of coffee, and she said, you know, really there is something you could ask God. Or then she said, you can ask your God about. And, she, and he said, well, okay, go ahead. And she said, you know, I'm about to run out of my lease in the apartment there, and I haven't found another one yet. And my boyfriend and I are not getting along at all. We just had another big fight yesterday. He said, okay. He said, I'll do that. And, and she went off, and he stayed there at the table. Soon somebody came and met him. They had an appointment at 9 o'clock, and they started visiting. About 20 minutes later, she ran up to him, and she said, What did you pray for? He said, Well, you know, I just did what you asked me to do. I, I prayed about uh, your apartment. I prayed about your boyfriend. I asked God to bless you. She said, Ten minutes ago, my boyfriend shows up in the kitchen with a dozen roses. And she said, Five minutes later, the apartment complex calls and extends my lease. And he just smiled. What else could he say? He got God a chance, a foot in the door to just say, this is who I am. I know about you and I care about you. And God did the rest. It tells me that part of my job is not just to live in a way that honors God's name, but maybe to speak in a way that invites God into situations. If you know someone's struggling, simply make the offer. May I pray about this? And worst case, they say no, or they say yes. And together you get a chance to watch God swing into action because God cares about God's name even more than you do or I do. We live in such a way that God's reputation is protected and we talk and and act in other ways that invites God to show people more and more about God. Tony Campolo talks about a rough area of New York um, that the Salvation Army uh, set up um, a place in. And it was well known for people who uh, were battling alcoholism and they were losing mightily. And they would minister to these people off the streets and try to help them. One man named Joe uh, finally gave his life to Christ. And Jesus gave him the power to uh, beat that addiction. But Joe didn't go like, back to his home all the time or back out uh, for another job, Joe started spending a lot of time at at the Salvation Army ministering and helping other people who were losing that battle. So they would come in off the streets and they would throw up and he would clean it up. There would be terrible messes on the floor and the bathroom and he didn't mind, he would clean it up. And he would sit with them uh, while they shook and while they struggled and be right there with them. And soon everybody... And and that area of town knew about Joe. One day, a Salvation Army officer walks into the chapel, and there's a man praying, and the man is crying out to God. And he said, oh, God, make me like Joe. Make me like Joe. So the officer goes up to him and says, I think what you want to say is, make me like Jesus. And he kind of looks up at him, and he goes back to praying, and he says, God, make me like Joe. So the officer says, no, really, he said, I think what you should pray is, make me like Jesus. So the man looked up at him and said, is Jesus like Joe? Is Jesus like David? Is Jesus like fill in the blank? And when that happens, God's name is honored.